This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. You can go to Galatians chapter 4. We're going to go from 4 to 6, and we're going to try to cover as much as possible. Let me encourage you, what the, uh, what's going to happen right after the service is that you're going to get occupied. Now, um, Robin and I had a little bit of a discussion this morning, and that usually happens right before church, um, about uh, phone use. You know, so um, she was making some statements how much I use the phone, and I rebuked that, you know. So, however, what's going to happen is I believe the Lord wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to you. And what's going to happen, most likely, is you're going to get really occupied as soon as you leave this building. You're going to look at your phone. I've done that. You're going to maybe answer a text. You're going to look for an alert. You're going to see what the weather's like. Or maybe even look for a restaurant on your phone. All those things are okay. What I would like to encourage you to do is not to be sidetracked and allow the Holy Spirit to maybe continue. Now, uh, to bake or cook what he's trying to tell us in our hearts. How many like to eat steak? And Yeah, so one of the things, I have this beautiful thermometer that I use. And, uh, and then it tells me to take it out of the, you know, off the pan or off the grill, and then I have to let it rest, right? And there's a resting period for it to finish its job. So think of when you leave this place as the resting time and allowing the Holy Spirit to sear in what he's trying to tell us and not just get distracted uh, immediately and then kind of forget what, what the Lord was saying to us. Does that make sense? Yeah, so let me encourage you to, to do that. Uh, Galatians chapter 4, verse 12. Uh, we've already done about 13 weeks of Galatians, and we are not done. We still have about two chapters. Uh, that'll probably take us to the, uh, almost to Easter. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll transition with uh, Easter, uh, the sermons that lead up to the cross and, and uh, re- uh, the resurrection. Uh, we will then probably transition somewhere in April uh, from Galatians. Hopefully we'll be done by then. But our goal, my goal, the Holy Spirit's helping me uh, start going into uh, Romans. I have never preached a sermon series on Romans, but there is a, a reason I believe God wants us to go through Romans, and I believe that 2024 is going to be a challenging year for the church, and Romans will help us, I believe, to keep focus on Jesus. That's the goal. We'll see what the Lord does uh, between now and then. And if you're new to our church, if you're not sure, we like to make sure we uh, use the text, the scripture, the Holy Scripture, the authoritative word of God uh, to dictate the topic. And so that's why uh, we are in Galatians. We've 
uh, 12, 13 weeks of Galatians, so we want to make sure that we're covering what the Bible says and not what Mario says and what uh, the news cycle says and all those things. And, and all those things aren't bad in themselves, but we want to make sure that, you know, that the God-breathed, God-inspired text can still speak to us today. Uh, so we are in Galatians chapter 4, 12. I started on this back in uh, November. And the question I started off with is, have you ever been fooled? And I shared a story back in October, November, that I have been fooled many times. Anybody else been fooled? Maybe you bought something that, you know, wasn't what was told. Uh, bought a car that maybe um, you thought that <laughs> it was going to last longer than it did, and it, and it doesn't. I've had that many a times. Uh, I shared a story about I bought a car, didn't know that it had been hit. This is pre-Carfax. Uh, you know, you just had to take people's words for it. Uh, and then next you know, I have like, you know, five gallons of water in the trunk uh, covered by the, the tire, the, where the spare tire goes. And there was water in there, and I never knew about it, never saw it until it was too late. And I got fooled. Um, I've been fooled with eBay transactions. Anybody ever get fooled with eBay transactions? You know, one time I thought I was ordering like this, um, this grill uh, thing for my grill, but it ended up being like a doll size uh, component. <laughs> you know, so the picture, uh, you know, there was a picture of it, but it didn't, you know, I didn't read the dimensions. Uh, so that, that happens a lot. A friend of mine got fooled um, buying a home that uh, had like septic tank issues. All those things. All of us have been fooled. But uh, the challenge, I like this, one of my favorite Mark Twain quotes. It's easier to fool people than to convince them that they have been fooled. And why do you think that's the case? Well, usually it's because of pride uh, is involved. You know, when I share the gospel with, um, with people, now I have some uh, I used to have a very close friend that was Mormon uh, at the time they were Mormon. And so uh, try to convince my friend that they were not worshiping the Jesus of the Bible, a different Jesus. Oh boy, there was almost no convincing because they would have to come across uh, this, this, this wall of... Uh, humility to realize they've been spending 20, 30 years following the wrong Jesus. Reminds me of a friend of mine that uh, in, down in Tampa, there was a guy named Jose, and Jose was part of our campus ministry, and he stepped down. And then our students took over, and then they said, hey, Jose wants to help and volunteer. I'm like, oh, good. Of course he can help volunteer. And so Jose was helping volunteer. And then our new campus pastor showed up to Tampa. And they called me. He's like, hey, there's this guy named Jose. Do you know? He's like, yes, he's awesome. Love the guy. And uh, yeah, he's like in his late 20s. And they're like, no, this Jose's in his early 40s. I'm like, no, he may look older. And so we were like having this conversation about Jose. And it turns out it was not the same Jose. Uh, same name, different person. 
and that was hard for my friend who is Mormon LDS to try to convince them that yes, they were talking about the same name, but it wasn't the same person, different person, different Jesus. And it's hard, it's hard if someone were to tell you that all the money that you've been saving and putting away and you've been working really, really hard and you've been putting it away in some special corner of your house and then for someone to come and tell you that the money that you have, the currency that you have is not, uh, it's fake, it's counterfeit. And the pill that you would have to swallow to, to say, I've been working hard all my life, putting away currency, only to find out that it was fake, it was counterfeit, you would have to swallow the pill of humiliation, that you were wrong, and uh, so that's why it's hard. It's hard. So I like the Mark Twain quote, it's easier to fool people than to convince them that they have been fooled. Have you ever been fooled? I've been fooled. I told you about my cars. I told you about the, all the uh, stuff that I have been fooled. And this is what's going on with the Galatian church. The church, they are now being fooled. And Paul is trying to make this plea. He's, 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 he, and out of love. If he could care less about this church, he wouldn't write a letter. He would just let, you know, let bygones be bygones. But because he loves these people, he is telling them that they have been fooled, but they have to admit that they've been fooled, and this is where the challenge is. And so Paul is going to make this strong plea, and maybe even get on his knees and his hands clasped and begging, and he says in verse 12 of chapter 4, I plead with you, I plead with you, Brothers and sisters, become like me, for I become like you. You did me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. And even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if were Christ Jesus himself. Where then is your blessing for me now? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. So they were, they were one way in the beginning, but now it's changed. Have I now become an enemy by telling you the truth? Have I become the enemy by telling you the truth? Let's be careful not to make people the enemy for telling us the truth. And so some of those times are, you know, on a practical end, sometimes my wife will tell me the truth and I'll get mad, it hurts, and I get defensive, or I might, you know, uh, turn it on her and like, well, you, you two are on the phone a lot, you know, that kind of thing. That happened this morning, so uh, it's, it's fresh on our, our minds. But don't make the enemy of people who are telling you the truth. It's out of love. It's out of love. Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good, what they want is to alienate you from us so that you may have zeal for them. And this happens all the time, sadly. 
It is fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good, and to be so always, not just when I am with you. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone, because I am perplexed about you. A few of you were here a long, long time ago. There was a, a young man who was duped to follow, uh, we didn't know it was a cult at the time, but he ended up following a cult. I would call it a Christian cult. He ended up leaving his family, his parents, he gave up his schooling, and um, never really came back. Uh, And he was zealous, but as Paul says, for no good. And these people that duped him used flattery and zealousness to convince him to follow a different gospel, which was no gospel at all. And it took him eight years to figure that out. And after eight years, he came back to the United States. Some of you are old enough to remember that. And so I think of this situation when Paul is saying, these people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you, and that's exactly what they did. They kept him over there. They didn't want his parents to be involved. He he basically uh, disowned his parents, his sister, his school, his ministry. He was alienated uh, so that you might have zeal for them. Paul is desperate to help the church. And uh, the wheels are coming off at this church. And we're going to try to find out why. And so what we're doing here, thousands of years later, is trying to determine what happened and so that it doesn't happen to us. Because all of us are susceptible of being duped by flattery right? You know, oh, you're so beautiful. You're awesome. You're, you're the best thing that's ever happened. Who, who does not want to hear that? Now, I'm going to pause for a second. I do want to say this about my friend Christopher, and this is not flattery. Flattery is saying something in front of his face uh, and saying something different behind his back, all right? And, and so uh, Dr. Christopher was up front with me during worship, and I just find it a tremendous blessing and honor to do ministry with him. I was talking to someone, Dr. Christopher, and they just talked about how godly and awesome you are and were and the wisdom that you have. And all I could say was amen, amen, and amen. And so, but I am not trying to use flattery in order to gain something from him, some sort of loyalty. My, my words of affirmation, I pray, is that he would be loyal to Jesus. And this is where we're going to get to, hopefully, by the end of this morning. And so Paul is desperate to help, help the church. The church is getting off track. It's lost its synchronization with the Holy Spirit. And Paul is pleading, clasping his hands, maybe even getting on his knees to get them to remember how they began their life in Jesus. They received him when he was really sick. They loved and cared for him. And now not so much. Why? Because he's speaking the truth to them. And it's easier 
to fool someone than to convince someone that they've been fooled. And the Galatian church changed. It wasn't Paul that changed, it was they that changed. And so we're going to try to do our best this morning to see what happened and how it applies to my life and your life. The church started off hot, and I talked about that last week, where, you know, I was at a conference two, three weeks ago, where there are a lot of young people starting off hot. I mean, they are hot for Jesus. I mean, the exuberance and the emotional uh, capital that they have and giving it to Jesus, it's heartwarming. And the church was very much like that. They started off hot, but now they are cold. They had an attitude, I want to bless others, and now they're stopped. In verse 15 of chapter 4, where then is your blessing for me now? They were in the beginning ready to bless, and now they're withholding. I can testify in verse 15 that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Just think of it. You were willing to do whatever in the beginning because the Holy Spirit was flowing through your church. You were giving sacrificially, but now something has changed. And I think what's going on, um, because the text will tell us this, but you have to read the whole text, is that they are now listening to the wrong people. They were listening to other types of podcasts, if you will. And that's one thing that I've, it's, it's very interesting, the world that we live in, is that because of the podcast world, you and me, we can all listen to all different types of people. And... Uh, the challenge is that we get to listen maybe a 30-minute podcast, and those 30 minutes are really good, but we don't really know the whole picture of how someone really thinks and believes. So we have to be very careful to who and what we're listening to. It may sound really good, I, I, and I'm going to pick on my daughter a little bit. You know, the, the, the artwork that you look might be really good, but then you realize, oh, wait a second, that's LDS uh, artwork. And so and I felt, I've done some graphics here. It's like, ooh, that's, that's you know, on the bottom fine print, LDS. And so, uh, but it's easy to do that. So we have to be careful of who and what we're listening to. And this is what's happening to the Galatians church. They're listening to someone, to some men, who are leading them astray, and they don't know it. They're listening to the wrong people. They, uh, remember we said that the Galatians thought they were doing the right, but what happened is they got off track and back into the world of works of the law. So this is more than just circumcision. We're going to talk about that. And, and it's kind of weird talking about circumcision today, but that's what the situation was here. And you have to go back a little bit, or up to chapter 5, uh, Galatians 5 says that you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? So something, they were listening to a podcast, if you will, leading them astray. And I'm telling you, it's not hard. All of us are susceptible, myself included, to be fooled. And the agitators, these false teachers, found a, uh, a gap, if you will, and begin to create uh, this narrative. And they, the agitators used, I believe, two methods to, dis, to seduce this church. And now it's a vulnerable church. And the number one thing that these type of uh, people do, 
is uh, seducers. They use flattery. I cannot tell you how many times I've run into people who have fallen prey to flattery. Now, you and I would be susceptible to flattery if our identity is not in Christ, okay? If you're, if you're not really uh, set, centered, strong in your identity in Christ, we are all susceptible to flattery. You are awesome. You're the best. I've, I, one time years ago, there was a, a, a church ministry that saw what was going on in our campus ministry, and they wanted it, and, but they wanted it uh, uh, the quick way, and that was by influencing our students. And they used flattery. They kept saying, you're the best, you're the awesome, you are, the, you are God's army, you're the special forces in God's army. And uh, he ended up uh, influencing, uh, using flattery and influenced lots and lots of our students, only to be used up and kind of beat up uh, towards the end. And so we have to be careful not to fall prey to flattery. Remember last time I talked to you about this, uh, that flattery uh, is, is not good. And I used to be really good at it when I was uh, a young man, insecure. Uh, so I think I told you that I was voted uh, as the most flirtatious in my yearbook. And I was, conv- but thank the Lord for my yearbook uh, teacher. He was a believer. I just came to know Christ, and he suggested that that would not be a good um, you know, thing to have in your yearbook for the rest of your life. So he gave that award to someone else. And I, didn't, and I appreciate it. I didn't understand it at the time. But being the guy that's the most flirtatious flattery is not something that um, I should be, ever be proud of. And people in my life were susceptible to flattery. That's why you might hear me talk, and I will always boast on the cross, and we're going to move to there in a second. I will always boast on the cross. Some of you have uh, adopted children and or fostering kids, and that's a risk. I never really understood it completely until I started seeing it flesh out. You know, you're taking on a child that that doesn't have your DNA, it doesn't have your genetic code, it doesn't have your social code, it doesn't have your, your uh, generational uh, connection, and then you bring them into your family, and then you are hoping that through your parents' influence that you can begin to help mold that child in a way that would be most glorifying to God. But it is a risk. It is a risk. And then it dawned on me, when I was adopted into God's family, I too was risk. And I was a person that was filled with insecurities and learned to use flattery to influence people. But the church still brought me in. Now, I don't know if they knew all those things about me. Some of them did. And I don't know how to write to my church because most of my friends and people that uh, loved me in spite of me are older and uh, are dying off. And I don't know how to write to my church and say, thank you for taking me in to your church family. 
because I was a major risk. I had some, some, some very insecure DNA. And even though I'd gotten saved, I still had that propensity to do things that were not honoring to God. And they still grafted me. No one kicked me out of the church, although they had reasons to. They didn't send me back. They didn't say, you need to go to another church because you're too high of a risk. So I'm very grateful, and I'm very grateful for our parents to taking on that risk because it's not easy. It's, and God will bless you and honor you for that. But flattery is something that this, this church fell and was seduced by flattery. Why is um, people who like to give flattery dangerous? Because it's self-seeking. It looks like self-giving, you're awesome. But it's self-seeking because you're, they're saying you're awesome because they want you to be loyal to them. It's really sweet-talking, but it's self-serving. The second thing is that it's self, second is self-giving is done only as a means to self-serving. It's basically, I just said that, is that you're, you're, you're being nice so that they can be nice back to you. I can share too many stories, um, but it, it's, it reveals the heart of those who are being the flattery person and those who are receiving it and that's why it's so important to have your identity in Christ I, Jesus is the only remedy from being seduced by flattery and so since the, the attacker cannot find his identity in Christ they begin to feed on the sheep this is a mantra that I heard uh, doing the whole uh, you know uh, spiritual abuse uh, uh, portion of my life where I've been involved in a, in a committee. And one thing that I've always heard that in the last few months it has resonated with me as followers of Jesus, as pastors, as leaders, we need to feed the sheep and not feed on them. You know, I would say 20 years ago, I would be frustrated that maybe not every seat in this church. There was no Mosaic Church 20 years ago. Being filled because somehow filled church would feed a, a hole in my heart that I would need to bring some sort of identity that I've um, somehow accomplished. And that is feeding on the sheep. I need, to, I need a, you to, to fill in these gaps in my heart. But we're called to feed the sheep. And I pray that's going on today. So the agitators are using the church in Galatia to avoid uh, helping them to avoid suffering for Christ. And Paul says later on in chapter 6, those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cause of Christ. So the Galatians church has subjected themselves to go under the knife because someone has convinced them that if you go under the knife, then you 
will be part of the kingdom of God. And if you don't go under the knife, then you will be shut out of the kingdom of God. And this angers the Apostle Paul because he knows that these agitators are play-acting. They're concealing their real reason they're teaching this. And the real reason they're teaching this is to get people to stop focusing on Jesus or the teachings of Paul and begin to follow their teaching. Look what it says in chapter, you won't, uh, it'll say in chapter 6, a couple chapters later. Not even those who are circumcised are keeping the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. Do you see it? They're not even living up to their own standard, but they want you to live up to their standard so that somehow you leave the camp of Christ, the teachings of the Apostle Paul, and begin to follow their teachings. That's why I think you need to be really smart in what you're listening to and who you're giving to. Now, you know, back in the day uh, when TV's evangelists and TV ministries were on TV a lot, some of our older folks, man, they would just pump in money pumping money to these ministries without really knowing what they really stood for. And we're all susceptible to that. The frauds, these agitators were not Christ-centered. They wanted to feed on the sheep, not feed the sheep. Let's go back to verse 16 in chapter 4. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want you to do is to alienate you from us so that they, that you may have zeal for them. So Paul is making this plea to the church. Now eventually we're going to get to the cross and he's going to say, follow me but as I follow Jesus. So what can we learn today? We can learn that uh, when we serve Others, we must strive to keep Jesus the center. In other words, we do not, let me repeat, we do not photobomb Jesus. All right? There's a, uh, there's a whole ministry industry of making fun of uh, ministries that photobomb Jesus. You know, like the mission trip, you know, watch me feed this poor kid, you know. Uh, sadly, I, you know, that happens, right? Uh, look what I'm doing for the ministry. Look what I'm doing for Jesus. And, uh, and then post it. And now, I'm, I don't read everybody's posts, and I don't know what their heart motives are, but again, let's be careful never to photobomb Jesus. As we serve others, we do it for the glory of Jesus not for clicks or likes. We want to make sure we're doing it for Jesus. There's a famous story about a bookkeeper accountant who made millions by stealing. But he was stealing, what, a few cents at a time. It wasn't like he was stealing a million dollars. That would throw some red flags but he was stealing just a few cents per transaction. A penny here, a penny there, lots of transactions. And it was 
under the radar, and it caught nobody's eye, but he was stealing. And this is what was happening in the Galatian church, and it's a challenge to us. Let's make sure we never, even though it's a little bit, steal from Jesus. If we help someone, we do it because the Holy Spirit has uh, told us to do that, living in us. And so we always want to give glory to Jesus. So thank you for giving the clothes. Uh, we, we had a great clothes drive. We still have some more clothes. I, I point back there because that's where they were at one time. We have more clothes downstairs. If you, uh, the clothing ministry never stops. All we ask is that you put it like in a box and mark it, and we'll make sure that the homeless ministry down the street gets it. But I've been convicted years and years ago that we're not going to post that on social media. So let everybody know what we're doing. Jesus knows. Amen? And that's the most important thing. So we're not going to photobomb Jesus. And the second thing is you have to understand following Jesus it also includes suffering. I know we don't like to hear that. You know, for me, typically if I get even the hint of a headache, I am taking uh, an Advil. I don't like to suffer. And so we don't like to suffer as people. But to follow Jesus... But to follow Jesus means that suffering is not too far behind. And so the, these um, agitators, these false teachers, were trying to convince the church, A, to, uh, to follow them, and in order to avoid persecution for following Jesus or, or their rejection. And I'm here to tell you the truth. When we follow Jesus, suffering is part of that deal. And so it would be another gospel if somebody were to tell you that suffering is not part of our journey with Jesus. That's not the whole gospel. That's part of the gospel. That's almost like flattery. So I'm not trying to dissuade you from following Jesus. I'm just trying to let you know that suffering is part of the journey with Jesus. Amen? Okay, so the last thing I want to, if the band can come up in about one minute, that'd be awesome. Uh, and again, we want to boast on the cross. Uh, J Jeremiah chapter 9 says, Thus saith the Lord, let not a wise man boast of his wisdom, and let not the mighty man boast of his might, and let not a rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast of this that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for I delight in these things, declares the Lord. So let's boast on Jesus, all right? I'm gonna ask the band to come on up. So again, some of you made the uh, nod approval that, hey, you're going to not just get lost on social media or, and I know it's going to be hard. Some of you have kids and it's going to be hard because you're going to just go right into parenting and, and try to get them in the van and, and uh, try not to get them fighting and all those kind of things. But try to allow the Holy Spirit to, um, as like that stake, that resting period to allow all the, the, the spices to just really make sure seep in into our hearts. That, uh, it's, that we would not be duped by flattery and that we always keep our eyes on Jesus. That we would 
strive always to keep Jesus the center. Amen? And that suffering is part of the journey. The last thing I would tell you is that Jesus is the solution to being duped. Follow Jesus. Follow his words, his teachings. Imitate Jesus. Find your fullness in Jesus. Let's go ahead and stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. Lord, we love you, and we thank you that we get to be part of your body of Christ. Lord, we uh, make a verbal commitment in our minds and our hearts that uh, we will always strive to keep you in the middle, center of our lives. Lord, we will never, God help us, never try to photobomb you, take glory that belongs to you. Lord, help us with our insecurities that we might have. Lord, help us to always know that you truly are the answer. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.